Welcome to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you be helpful to other people. My name is Dr. Kate Watson, and folks, it is season 10. Woo! A lot has happened since last season. Um, Taylor Swift has taken an interest in the NFL. (laughs) Uh, Messi has joined the MLS. Um, I believe Donald Trump is up to, I think it's 91 criminal charges. Uh, Ryan Seacrest will be the new host of Wheel of Fortune. And Jimmy Buffett died. Gosh, I mean, it's a whole new world we're living in. And we have lots of big changes for season 10. And I don't just mean that I finally invested in some better microphones, although I am pretty excited about that. Uh, What I'm really talking about is in season 10, you will notice that we're going to do more face-to-face recording, which may not make too much of a difference to you, but it sure means something to me. Uh, Back in 2019, when we started, Leslie and I would meet face-to-face and record in a room together. And then when COVID happened, we switched to virtual, which was cool because it allowed me to bring on more guests who weren't necessarily local to me. And that was a lot of fun. But this year, we plan to do a mix of the two. The next few episodes will be recorded virtually, uh, but we've got at least two this season where I'll be speaking to someone who is in the room with me. And I feel like it gives a different vibe. But I guess you'll you'll be the judge of that. You'll have to let me know what you think. The other big change for season 10 starts right now. We're going to start reading your questions from the email inbox periodically. And here is our first one. Now, I don't believe I know Ellen, uh, but she wrote to our inbox. Let me see if I can get it here. Here we go. Um, It's short. She wrote, my husband and I aren't communicating very well lately. Half the time, I don't even know what we're arguing about. Like yesterday, he got bent out of shape because I didn't laugh at a joke he told when our friends came over. I feel like something bigger is bothering him and he isn't telling me. He's just taking it out on me. How do I help him share what's on his mind? All right. Thanks, Alan. The scenario is very familiar to me, and I think it'll be very familiar to a lot of people who are listening. Uh, first, I know I'm about to mention something that's kind of besides the point. <laughs> I know the whole joke part of, of your email uh, where he told a joke and you didn't laugh is not really what you are looking for some guidance on. But um, I, I did just want to quickly address that before I get to your what I think is your bigger point. I read something recently. Let me see if I can find it on my phone here because I saved it from uh, social media. It says... It says, apparently both men and women find a sense of humor attractive in romantic partners, but we define it very differently. Women think someone has a sense of humor when the person can make them laugh. Men define a sense of humor as someone who laughs at their jokes. Um, (laughs) Folks, that just caught my attention. I don't know how scientific it is. 
but something about it felt right. And, and I guess it caught my attention enough that I saved it on my phone and I knew it would come in handy at some point. And today I felt like maybe that day had finally come. So I pulled it out of the uh, archives of my phone. Uh, but let me get back to Ellen's point. Look, Ellen, I know the joke isn't the reason you wrote to me. Uh, I think you wrote to the show because you're actually trying not to judge your husband while you might be perceiving him to be kind of like a confusing jerk right now. Uh, and because you are a kind person, you are asking yourself, how can I help him? Rather than asking yourself, how can I, you know, like make him sorry for being so rude to me the last few days or weeks? Or or how can I prove to him that he's wrong for acting this way or or change him in some way? So first, I want to say good on you, Ellen. Um, you love this guy and you're able to find some compassion for him. And you're thinking maybe he's struggling with something that he isn't telling you. And while you don't read minds, I think one of the most loving things you can do is to listen closely to what someone isn't telling you. And you're trying to do that. Uh, you're not letting yourself get distracted by some silly moment at a dinner party. You're digging deeper. Now, I think you wrote to the show because you're digging and you're not finding any answers. And I wish I could help you with that. Uh, the truth is, I, I mean, I don't know your husband, so I don't know what his needs are. And I certainly don't know what needs of his are currently unmet. I just wonder if that's a helpful way for you to think about it. He has some needs that are not being met, and I don't know what they are, and you don't know what they are. Likely, he isn't even fully aware of what they are, and I certainly don't mean to suggest that you are the one failing to meet his needs. I don't think that at all. It could be about work, or about his body image, or about his sense of purpose in life. Who the hell knows? I want to encourage you, though, to just be patient with him and try your best not to take it personally. I think you're already doing a good job of that. Um, you're, you're like by what you wrote to me, it, it tells me you're already aware that this may actually have nothing to do with you. Um, but I know you said he's taking it out on you. And I wish that weren't true. I really do. And I don't know from your message how bad that gets. Um, and I guess I just feel like responsibly, just in case this is the kind of situation where maybe you feel unsafe at home, I want you to know that it's okay for you to leave. It's it's okay to take some time, take some space, go get a hotel room, go stay with a friend. I hope it's not that bad. And I hope leaving isn't necessary because you love him and you deserve to be at home with the person you love. But if we are talking about arguments that are even dangerous perhaps, you know, maybe a safe distance is what you need to consider. On the other hand, maybe you're just telling me he's kind of a drag right now. And, you know, he's just picking silly arguments with you. Um, and if that's the case, well, I guess there are a few ways to interpret that. I don't know, maybe one way to interpret that is that he's being a little emotionally immature right now. Uh, not a crime. It happens. We're all like that from time to time. And maybe you just want to challenge him to assert his real feelings in a more productive way, possibly. I don't know. 
I think there's another interpretation that I want to say a little bit more about, and I, I'm going to share this one cautiously because I'm always worried someone might use this as a reason to take abuse from someone. Um, so I'm just going to float this out here carefully and, and hope that no one misuses this example uh, that I'm about to give. But sometimes when people bring out their uglier sides, it's maybe because you're the only person they feel comfortable showing it to. And it's like a weird, twisted compliment to you, Ellen. And maybe he is really struggling and he can't show that to his coworkers. And our society says that he can't show it to his buddies. And you may be the one person he feels safe enough to just relax and release some tension with. And it's awful for you, I'm sure. It's unfair. You don't deserve it. It's kind of what home is about in a lot of ways. Uh, and you hear this from parents a lot. They'll say, how come my kids are so poorly behaved at home? And then they're angels everywhere else they go. Well, the theory there is that kids misbehave at home when they feel safe there. They feel safe misbehaving. It's where they can let their hair down. It's where they can comfortably make some mistakes. There's a sense of safety and comfort at home that they don't have anywhere else. So it may even be kind of a good sign that you've created such a safe home environment that they can kind of unravel there and they cannot be at their best there. And by the way, sometimes the opposite is true. When home isn't safe, kids will act like perfect angels there just to survive. And then where they go to school, maybe they finally feel safe and that's where they might talk back to the teacher or they don't follow directions. And, and everyone might be quick to diagnose that as the problem. All these kids are so poorly behaved at school when really, you know, the, the problem is that they don't have any other place to, to push those boundaries and school is maybe the one place they feel safe enough to do it. I have a couple of other examples of this, this same kind of idea. Like years ago, I knew this man whose wife was dying. She was really sick. And toward the end, they both knew it. You know, they, they both knew that it was getting close to the end. And I remember checking in on him and asking him how he was dealing with it. And, and he broke down in tears and he said, she's become so mean. You know, she's not the woman I married. These, these may be my last few days with her. And she's so nasty to me. I go in to take care of my dying wife and she curses at me and she's cruel. And I said to him, she's probably wrestling with a lot of emotions and a lot of visitors with whom she has to, you know, smile and, and make them feel comfortable. And you're the one person she feels safe kind of unleashing on. You are home to her. And I'm sorry she's doing this to you. You don't deserve it. And I'm sure it's awful, but you're the only one she can do it to. You know, come to think of it, I actually have another example. I, I hadn't thought of this one earlier, but I was speaking to a leader of a big company and he said something like, I hate our meetings now because everybody just comes to the meeting to bitch and complain and it's annoying. And I said to him, you know, you, you should worry when they stop complaining. And he looked a little confused, but I said, as long as they're still bothering to bring their complaints, there is hope. But once they give up and stop complaining, that's a sign that they don't even believe in you as a leader anymore. You should be real scared if those meetings get quiet. 
So Ellen, I guess what I'm trying to say is that maybe you don't have to think of this situation in an entirely negative light. You have every right to see the negatives in it, but maybe it doesn't have to be 100% a bad thing. As long as your hubby knows that you care and you're patient with him, I have a feeling you will both get to the bottom of whatever is eating him right now. And thanks for being our first write-in guest. Uh, We do get lots of email, but Ellen, yours was the first one we decided to read and and comment on for an episode. Folks, we want to hear from you because we're going to do a lot more of this this season. So send us your questions, your scenarios, your problems, your dilemmas. Send them to kate at onlytryingtohelp.com. That's kate at onlytryingtohelp.com. As you know, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, Our handle there is I was O-T-T-H. That stands for I was only trying to help. So it's I was O-T-T-H. And that's it for now, folks. We'll see you next time.